Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I am the host to this show where I get to speak to Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the Games. Today we have Jacqueline Wiles, an Olympian in alpine skiing. She is an amazing person, like just about all these Olympians are. Um, but her story is very unique. Um, she was able to attend the 2014 Games. She then had a pretty bad injury leading up to the 2018 Games. Um, it was very disappointing. The timing was awful. Um, the injury wasn't so great itself, um, but it has um, helped her in certain ways and has obviously had some some positive uh, effects on her, which is a great thing. Um, she also is a, um, she works with Lindsey Vaughn in some capacity, which is pretty cool. So I hope you guys listen and how she helps the Lindsey Vaughn Foundation. And I mean, other than that, guys, she is an amazing person, very cool skier, very cool um, to talk to. I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, enjoy the episode. All right, so another special guest, Olympic athlete Jacqueline Wiles, USA Skiing. She skis Alpine. So what do you, actually, I even forgot to ask you, do you do Super G? Do you do downhill? Do you just do slalom? Which one do you do? I do the speed events. I do Super G downhill and then every once in a while combined, which is a run of downhill and a run of slalom combined. But yeah, I there. prefer downhill the most. Yeah, that's the most um, wicked. More. Is a wicked a cool yeah. word to use there? <laughs> yeah. Sure, sounds good. Let's do it. I'm not even from Boston. I still like that word. Um, Jacqueline (laughs) was born July 13th, 1992 out in Portland, Oregon. She began skiing at age two and racing at age five. I heard a funny story about that, so I'm excited uh, for you to tell us a little bit about it. After high school, Jacqueline was lucky enough to delay college and actually go and pursue her dreams, which is super cool. And now you're at Westminster College, correct? Yeah, I take some classes when I have time, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, take take Uh, your time. Yeah, focused on my training kind of at the moment. So. That's what we like to hear. College, it'll always be there. You can always get a degree. That's not really a problem. Um, exactly, yeah. J- Jacqueline was the first ever ambassador to the Lindsey Vaughn Foundation. She qualified and attended the 2014 Games in Sochi, and she qualified but unfortunately had a pretty um, unfortunate injury, unfortunate twice in the same sentence. Um, so she could not actually attend the 18 Games, but she did qualify for it, which is still incredible in my book. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Uh, happy to be here talking. So Love it, love it. I'm pretty good at talking, too. Hopefully, I won't do too much of it. It's one thing I'm trying to work on. Um, so, Jacqueline, if you don't mind, that was such an unworthy intro. I'm sure there's so much more that you got going on in your life. If you don't mind, I mean, in my opinion, other than, like, Pulp Fiction, all the best stories start at the beginning. So, if you don't mind, um, taking us on yeah. a nice little little stroll today. Yeah, you definitely hit kind of the main points. But, um, yeah, so I'm from Portland, Oregon, born and raised. Um, loved growing up in the Northwest. There's only so many fun things to do outdoors. I, I just love being active. And I, yeah, like you said, I started skiing at two years old and racing at five years old. Um, it just, skiing became a fun family activity, going to Mount Hood every weekend. And it was so fun for our, our family to just get away to the mountains. And my brother is two and a half years older than me. So of course I tried chasing him around as much as I could. And kind of sparked a little fire in me and be competitive and beat him down the mountain so yeah it was it was fun and my brother and I just wanted to go straight and I think our parents realized that maybe that was a little dangerous so they decided to put us um, on the race team to uh, learn how to control our speed and turn a little bit and um, you know maybe it was a little bit of a daycare situation for them too so they could go out and and ski and leave us with the team but um yeah it was a fun team environment to grow up in and um just kind of fell in love with it at an early age and 
um, got to go to the 2002 Olympics to watch um, alpine skiing at a young age. And um, it kind of just right then in that moment sparked an interest that, you know, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And yeah, I just um, loved going fast and, and, you know, saw some idols there. And um, from that moment on, it was kind of always in the back of my mind. It wasn't really a question. I was like, one day I'm going to do this. So um, yeah, I just kind of kept plugging away over the years. And, um, you know, I just always had that fire of, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the U.S. ski team and go to the Olympics and um, was pretty successful when I was younger. And then um, I got to a point around um, 15, 16 in high school um, where I, I was kind of just not really progressing as much anymore. And um, had a couple years of struggling and coaches telling me I wasn't going to make it and uh, deep down that kind of lit a fire inside of me even more like can't just assume that you know I'm, I'm going to keep progressing without like really taking the initiative and and I saw that I was kind of stagnant in my progression and um, decided to take a self-audit kind of see what was not working and I uh, decided to change everything up I went Got a, a, went to a different team to have new coaching. I uh, found a personal trainer um, that I thought would be a great fit for me and started working out with him five, uh, six days a week for many hours and um, completely changed my physique. And it showed on the hill the next year. And yeah, two years later, I, I'd made the national team. So it was like cool to kind of have some some doubters like light that fire in me even more. And um, yeah, it was a, a tough time as well because I was deciding, you know, do I go to college? Do, do I, you know, which would have been a great option. I could have still skied, but personally I love the speed events and in college you can't do that. So, um, you know, I figured I could go later on and luckily I was able to get a scholarship the rest of the semester as well. So, um, yeah, I can take some classes when I have time, but for the most part, I'm pretty focused on my tra training. Um, so yeah, I made the uh, ski team a little bit later than most. Um, I was 21 years old, so I think I was a little bit, um, what yeah, what some would say, a little bit older to make the national team. But I think, you know, I, making it later on, I, I was able to be in a great mind frame because I had, you know, pursued, um, you know, my life goal and I had some setbacks but I didn't let that get in the way and, and I felt like it was a, a good time for me to make the national team and my first year on the uh, World Cup circuit I qualified for the Olympics so it was kind of a huge um, just you know wide-eyed opening moment you know 21 being that my first Olympics and just like proving to myself that all that hard work and um, self-belief and not listening to people doubting me you know I, I knew that it proved that you know with anything in life after this you know I, I whatever I choose to do as long as I worked hard and believed in myself that I could make that happen so um, yeah it was uh, a crazy time um, yeah luckily my I've had such support of my family throughout you know my whole life and they've kind of whatever I decided to do is have backed me up a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I think it's really helped me um, turn into the athlete and person that I have become and without their support, I, yeah, I don't think I could have done it. So um, yeah, it's been a pretty wild journey. Um, like I said, I was 21 when I made the uh, Olympic team and 
um, every every year we still have a World Cup tour, um, which I would it's kind of like you know the PGA Tour you have stops all around the world and we have a finals at the end. So a lot of people only see the Olympics in the U.S. because that's kind of like the big highlight. But for us, that whole World Cup tour keeps us busy year round. And in the summer when we're not in the gym, we're in the Southern Hemisphere chasing snow. Um, normally we go to New Zealand or Chile. So we're um, yeah, we're, we're kept busy year round. And every two years, we also have a world championships and uh, every four years, an Olympics. So um, yeah, it's all exciting. And um, yeah, after that first Olympics, it was such a cool opening experience for me. I was wide eyed just trying to take it all in. Of course, I was slightly terrified as well. I'd never gone before bib 50. And then in the downhill race, I was going bib two. So it was um, definitely a, a great learning experience. And um, it was cool because in 2002, I had watched uh, Julia Mancuso, who was then, you know, I was competing alongside her in Sochi. So it was kind of a cool, full circle to, you know, she was the, one of the ones that inspired me. And then to be able to competing with her was uh, really, really awesome. Um, so yeah, then after that moment, I, I had a couple years where I just kind of, I did okay, but didn't really keep breaking through. Like, you know, I was trying to and um, just kind of stuck my nose down and tried to be consistent and working hard over time. And um, yeah, and then three years later, um, I finally got on the podium for the first time. And um, it was uh, such a, a cool moment just knowing that like all that hard work had paid off again. And then I was able to do that again this season and trying to keep building momentum. And um, it was really cool this year I was on the podium with with my teammate Lindsay Vaughn and and she had been a big uh, part of my success as well she's been a huge inspiration to myself and so many young girls and and um yes so to share the podium with her after all she's done to help me was pretty rad and um yeah and then going into uh the Olympics um I podiumed a week um a week two weeks before the Olympics and we had one more race um in Garmisch, Germany, um, a couple days before flying to Korea. And um, I had had some patella pain for a long time. I actually had torn my my um, patella tendon, I had an eight millimeter tear and with tendonitis that had built up from like January, 2017. So I've been trying to just push through it and get through the Olympics. Um, and uh, yeah, Garmisch was tough. I, I was you know, still, I feel like I was still skiing really well and like still building and peaking for the Olympics and um, just kind of came into a turn with uh, a little bit too much direction and got pushed pretty low and tried to make up for it and keep going. I never thought I was in a dangerous uh, zone or anything, but um, yeah, I think my leg just couldn't handle the forces and and the way that I got um, pushed into the turn. I was kind of backseat and inside and all the forces were just not in a good spot and yeah my leg did not handle it and I ended up breaking my fibula with perennial nerve damage so I couldn't move my toe and then I tore my ACL, MCL, LCL, PCL, lateral meniscus. I had to get a um, tip of joint reconstruction so um, basically my leg was dislocated and uh, it was more just like mentally shocking you know like no this can't be happening you know just the timing was um, pretty devastating. So yeah, the past uh, seven, eight months have been 
um, quite a whole new level of finding out who I am as a person and, uh, you know, just learning so much more. And it's crazy how I feel like I'm in such a good positive mindset with all this devastation that, you know, like, you know, I'm still struggling a lot and with therapy and um, taking a while to get back to where I was, but, you know, it's a, a part of life and I feel like it's just how, how we respond and, and how we bounce back from it. It's all positive outlook. So, um, yeah, it's a slow progress. I'm getting there and hopefully I'll um, be racing again by 2019. So, yeah. We'll, we'll cross see. our fingers for you. We, uh, that, that was fantastic. You pretty much brought us through the whole thing. So that is awesome. So I've been taking notes the whole time. So I'm just going to start asking questions and we're just going to fire away. Um, but but one more time, that was um, very in-depth. Really appreciate the intimacy. You're really giving us a good understanding. I mean, that injury, that's, that is um, – that unfortunate is not even a, a very good word for it. It's, it's, it, it just completely sucks. So that, that is, <laughs> so, um, yeah. a couple of things I, I heard, um, in there, your older brother, of course, my younger brother learned everything from me so I can understand where he's sitting. He's pretty <laughs> much an Olympic athlete at this point. So good for him. Exactly. Right. Um, so I want to go back a little bit. So with, um, with, your decision to delay college it turns out it so so just explain that one a little bit more to us so in college you can't race downhills was that is that kind of what i heard yeah so for collegiate skiing they only have slalom and gs um you know with speed events it's pretty hard to set up and get a you know big enough track and um it's, it's just like it's yeah it's just too hard to do, i think to do collegiately mm -hmm. so um yeah it's, it's just not included but that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And it's your bread and butter. So of course we want to stick with that and, and enjoy a delicious yeah. hard roll for every once in a while. So I, I completely, um, completely understand that. So I do want to go back now to 2014. You're 21 years old. You, this is your first time on the, the pro circuit essentially, right? You said, so you're qualifying for the games. You're finally starting to go all around the world and really start to take this in, as you said, wide eyed, all eyed, bushy tail, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. so you're 21 years old. You're, you're, going to all these amazing places around the world, you qualify for the Olympics. What, like, what feelings, like, what, what were some of the feelings you were having? I mean, just kind of going around, clearly you were doing well enough um, the whole time. So at what point did you realize, like, holy crap, I'm going to get to go to the Olympics? Yeah, so our racing had started in, um, had started beginning of December, and we had been racing pretty much straight um, until, you know, the end of January when they made the selection. and. Uh, I was very fortunate that our coach was Chip, Chip White. He was believing in me the whole time, um, you know, being young and just trying to get used to the scene and all the people that have idolized and racing alongside them. It's, I feel like it takes a little bit of an adjustment to be like, okay, um, I shouldn't be intimidated by them. Like I need to just believe in myself and give it my all. And um, yeah, so it took me a couple of races, I think, to get comfortable and um, I, I kind of slowly kept getting a little bit better in every race. And um, the last race before the Olympics at the end of January, I was finally able to like make a breakthrough and I got a top 15. And um, so I, I really wasn't expecting to even, we had such a strong team at the time and um, I wasn't expecting to go and they brought us in and, and told us, you know, who's going to Olympics and, when they said my name, I was just like blown away because I wasn't expecting it. And um, the first thing I did, obviously, was um, called my family and just had a moment and, and kind of cried tears of joy with them because they had seen just 
you know, the perseverance and hard work and some of the hard times that I had been through. And um, it was just a, a cool moment to share with them. Um, so, yeah, it was um, really exciting. And, yeah, like you said, but, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. <laughs> I, that is just, I mean, it's just so cool just how you're kind of, I, I, like, I, I mean, bursting on the scene, I mean, whatever we want to say, like, you're just able to get in there, start racing, and then realize at the end, like, you you make it when you get that phone call. Now, um, so we we have had this discussion before with other athletes, but if you don't mind explaining the qualification process, so that way the next time I turn on um, the Olympics and I see you coming down the hill, I realize, like, you weren't just magically told to be on the team. There is actually a process behind it. So if you don't mind kind of explaining that for the audience. Yeah, so the Olympics are different than our normal World Cup races um, where each country only gets four athletes per event. So it's tough. Our speed team, you know, had six, maybe even more, six or eight girls that were there that could compete. And in the training runs leading up for during downhill, we get a couple of training runs, get used to the course, feel everything out, all the terrain, the snow, um, whatever, everything's giving us out there. And um, so yeah, we had a couple of training runs and luckily um, I was fast enough and um, the coaches let me be one of the four to compete in the race so um yeah for all the events you only get four athletes and um it's a pretty exciting time but it's definitely different than world cup where you know we could get our whole team to compete mm -hmm. and, that, and that that does make sense it is unfortunate and and i guess that that then brings up a good question what's it like i mean training with these girls on a daily basis becoming friends with them you know sisterhood the whole nine and then having to go out there, put the game face on and just be like, no, I'm going to beat you today. Not only am I going to beat you, I'm going to get the qualification and I'm going to be one yeah. representing us at the Olympics. I'm sure there's a lot to uh, unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question because it is an individual sport at the end of the day, but we are a team. We travel together. We're, you know, our family away from home. And I think we all have that general respect and understanding that, you know, we want to be a tight, close-knit group because we're gonna we're gonna succeed individually as well if you know if we are you know have great team cohesion and camaraderie so um I think we've established that pretty well and um we all enjoy each other's company and you know we understand that yeah it's an individual sport and we're gonna try and go out there and give it hell but we also are very supportive of each other yeah and one thing I think that makes it different than some other sports is I mean it's it's you really against the clock it's not really you against anybody else. If, if you race your yeah. best race that day, that's really all you can hope for, right? I mean, if you get the best time, you get the best time. It's not like you, you're going out there. I spoke with a fencer, and they literally train against each other and then have to yeah. fence each other to then go. So that, that's, a, that's a whole other dynamic. But at the same time, this is – Yeah, that would be harder. I mean, oh, my gosh, yeah. They, that, that was an interesting conversation. But, um, you know, just you against the clock, essentially. It's just one of those things. I'm not sure kind of how, how you all, all take it. And it sounds like you, you do a relatively good job. As you said, there's a lot of mutual respect there, which is very important. Yeah. So, um, and, then you yeah. were one of the, and then you were one of the ones that, obviously, as we said, you were able to qualify for the games out in Sochi um, in 2014. I mean, 21-year-old Jacqueline, what, what's that? whole experience like if at 21 I was told hey you're one of the best athletes in the world at something man my head would be gigantic so what was that like when you were able to kind of take that in and and, and go enjoy that moment out there in Russia yeah I think at a young age 
you know, freshly on the scene, it, it was, um, I definitely didn't have a big head. I, I, you know, I don't think, I think my family has always helped me stay level-headed. I've, I've never thought that I was like the greatest or anything because I feel like I'm always still searching and fighting to get like a little bit even more. And, and I think, you know, as athletes, even if we're successful, there's still so much more we want to get better at and conquer. So, um, yeah, for me there, I was like trying to like establish more confidence in myself just by being at that scene and, you know, so much more pressure on your shoulders. And at that age, having never been to a big event like that, like just seeing, you know, along, you know, not only just the competition, but like an event like that where the whole world comes together was like, such a cool experience because with you know how much hatred and everything can be going on in the world but to see all the athletes in the world come together for an event um was just kind of mind-blowing i'd never been in a situation like that and just seeing the love and respect for all the countries um was really cool so i think that really opened my eyes and when it came to race day for me I, i think i learned a lot with just like not getting too stressed and caught up in it. And in a way I had a weird peaceful feeling uh, of the day of the race because I knew that I had done everything I could leading up to that moment. So um, I didn't have to stress about if I was prepared enough. I'd gone over the course mentally and visualized so many times that I I knew every nuance of the track. And, um, you know, obviously I just wanted to make it down with a solid run. And uh, yeah. And then looking four years, you know, to this last season, it was kind of like, okay, I've been through that. And now I'm like, ready to like make more of an impact instead of just taking it all in, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And and we will, um, we will get to that guy just to have a couple more questions on 2014. Cause again, it's your first one. It's uh, you'll never have another first, right? You know, that's always a, <laughs> a great saying I like to, to talk about. And so, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously with getting there and racing and kind of having that experience and especially because it was in your first season right it's like not even a lot of racers they have the opportunity to go on the circuit for a couple years not many people come onto the scene and immediately go to something like this with the with alpine skiing being very big in europe and other parts of the world um when you made it to the olympics was that something where you so i found there's kind of like two camps either one camp is pretending it's another race it's not a big deal hey we've already done this who cares and then the other camp is heck no this is the olympics like oh my gosh i'm gonna ball out like how how did you feel about it especially considering that it was really your first time with all these major events yeah i think a good way to look at it is yeah to think okay yeah it i mean it really is just another race like we're doing the exact same thing that we always do on tour but at the same time it's completely elevated with you know, the excitement and the hype and the, the venue. One, the uh, one billion people watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you'd be lying to yourself if you said it is completely the same. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we're doing exactly what we always do. So, um, I think there's confidence in that. And it's, like, just cool and exciting to kind of have the amped um, excitement of the Olympics. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, you essentially, you took it and ran with it, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I think it, like fueled me a little bit obviously I didn't have the best run I wanted but like it gave me so much excitement and um yeah it it was uh, a a neat feeling that I had never experienced Mm -hmm. very cool I love that that's always a fun question and uh, I I like to ask so tell us about I guess 
the rest uh, rather not racing like what was what was the olympic village like what was the opening ceremonies the closing ceremonies meeting all the other athletes from you know the snowboarders to um to the 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 bobsledders like you know tell us tell us what that whole just experience was like and kind of some of the things that you were able to to get out of it yeah luckily we were there for the first week so we got to go to opening ceremonies and take that all in getting to meet athletes on Team USA from different sports was really exciting um, coming together and the patriotism we shared and um, seeing the type of athletes in all the sports was cool because I feel like so many body types are different for like the different sports that everyone does. So um, it was cool to have that, that connection, you know, that we represent, you know, the same country and we're, we're there and unified together. And um, yeah, the, the, just the atmosphere and energy that everyone had uh, was really exciting. We didn't stay at the Olympic Village. We stayed up in the mountains uh, just to be closer to the hill. And uh, we were very lucky, though, that we had a hotel that was built for us and was completely uh, gated and fenced with high security. So we felt pretty safe the whole time. And luckily, we had our chefs and, you know, our whole team around so we could feel like we got the proper nutrition and recovery and everything that we needed. And um, yeah, they really accommodated us really well. And um, the weirdest, I think, part of the whole experience was, you know, going through security and, you know, showing up to the mountain and having all these soldiers there. I remember one morning we show up and there's probably a hundred soldiers like in, in a line. And it was just like, this is just weird because you're like, you do this sport that you've done your whole life. And then to come in this like setting where it's like, should we be uneasy like you know that was always your safe zone so that was kind of crazy and and then you know to see uh apparently there were snipers like all in the mountains but we didn't know that until like the second week when all the snow melted and then you'd see you know all these white you know little buildings where they were hiding out it was like oh my gosh there's like so many little security things like that that we didn't know about but it was nice to see because i mean it was a pretty hostile time just kind of like this mm -hmm. year with Korea so um yeah but you can't think about that and try to focus just on what you're there for wow I guess is really the only word or whoa maybe that's another one I could <laughs> use but that that is crazy yeah I mean especially as you said like you've just been doing this your whole life and you kind of just go down the mountain you do your thing and now all of a sudden yeah. you, you're you have a military guard um and a, a securely um fenced in uh hotel built specifically for you so i just think that that's crazy i guess that's another word we can use look at that wow well and crazy can't can't beat it yeah, um definitely. so it sounds like you had a pretty good time you did your thing i mean unfortunately you didn't finish as great as you wanted to but it is what it is i mean you got the experience you got to do what you got to do um now i guess let's fast forward a couple years i mean you said in 2017 was when you kind of really started to ruin your patella it sounds like and then it was kind of just the straw that broke the camel's back a couple of days as you said before the olympics i mean if that's not the most but we're like the, the absolute worst time. I, I really don't know what is, um, but you know, so, so I guess you knew about your patella being torn for, for a while now. And it was kind of just something I know patellas are very bad to um, the surgery to come back from the, the time frame. It's not like an ACL anymore. It's not like, you know, some ACL injuries can last only like nine months or the recovery can. So was it just at the worst possible time for you to get it fixed or was it because, you know, I guess tell us about, when you found yeah. out about the injury and kind of what you did moving forward from there? Yeah, a good question. Um, so yeah, in January, 2017, um, we were actually in Austria and, 
um, we were in Zauchensee, Austria, and that weekend I got my first podium. Um, it had been snowing a lot, and the day before we were powder skiing, and I came back from powder skiing, and I was like, oh, like my knee kind of hurts a little bit, but I never had any knee issues, and it like didn't hurt that much, so I just kind of like you know, I'm sure it's fine. And I didn't want to bring it up because I was just on the podium. I didn't want to be like, oh, ow, my knee hurts. So I just kind of, you know, didn't really bring it to attention too much and was able to get through most of the season. And towards the end, it kind of started hurting a little bit more. Um, At the time, once the season was over in March 2017, um, I just, we thought, okay, it must be just a little bit of tendonitis or just, you know, it must be just inflamed or something. So took a little bit of time off, um, the pain went away. And during the summer, I was lifting the most I ever had been lifting. So I figured, you know, okay, I can push through a little bit of pain, it's fine. Little did I know I was actually like, I should have listened to my body a little bit more. And um, it was in July, end of June, beginning of July, I think, um, I ended up going to get an MRI and uh, noticed, yeah, that I had eight millimeter vertical tear in my patella and there was severe tendonitis that had built up as well. And uh, at that point, you know, looking into the Olympics this year, I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, go with the surgery option just because it would have been tough to, with the timeline to get on snow and try to, you know, make a push for the Olympics. So I took the, a different approach with therapy and I did a PRP injection to try and help it. And, um, yeah, it was going really, really well. I started off the season really strong, even though I had missed a couple of camps and was feeling, um, you know, really positive with my skiing and uh, was having really good results. And, uh, but slowly throughout the season, it kind of kept getting worse and breaking down again. And um, yeah, I was just kind of at this point trying to get through the season again, but it was, my leg was really weak. Um, I I couldn't do a single leg squat um, without being in pain and um, my just the strength was completely gone in my leg which is really really dangerous for our sport and um, so yeah I would I would take some um, the doctors we had helped with some options to get me through the runs and the days and um, I was able to get through Cortina uh, and ski really well and I was excited to go on the podium like I said and build for the Olympics and yeah, and then at Garmisch, it was just, um, yeah, the knee couldn't handle it, and everything exploded, I guess. And, um, so, Vivid I mean, way of saying risk. that. Yeah, it was a risk that I was willing to take, um, and I know a lot of people, I got some criticism about, oh, like, you shouldn't have been racing, you'd already qualified for the Olympics, and, you know, hearing that, is just like, okay, like, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but the time you know I was ranked in the world I just went off the podium I wanted to keep building to the Olympics and you know I still wanted to keep um a good rank with the World Cup season overall and and um so I don't regret anything you know I never thought that I was in a dangerous situation and um you know it's just a freak accident so Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it, that that's just the worst part is it is just kind of at the worst possible time, as you said, a couple of days before um, traveling yeah. to Korea. And and so now I'm not one to kind of look back. And, and, and as you said, do you regret it? I'm not going to ask that because obviously you don't like you better not because if you did, you, <laughs> should, you wouldn't be, you know, where yeah. you are. Um, but I guess my question is, does that does that ever creep into your mind a little bit? Not the regret factor, just the fact that you 
I guess, and I don't, I don't want to take this down like a depressing road at all, but again, it's a huge yeah. important aspect of your life. Is that something that, you know, I don't want to say gives you nightmares either, but is that something that creeps into your mind occasionally? Like you didn't have to race in this race. Um, yeah. That wasn't necessary. I mean, obviously I understand why you did it and what you were trying to yeah. do and build up that momentum. You were still podiuming. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but you were, you were getting on the podium. You were still crushing it. And then, you know, as you said, it's kind of a freak accident. So does that, I mean, I guess, what, what do you say when someone does say something like that to you? Like, like terrible way to ask a question, but yeah. I'm not Katie Couric. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's tough because we, it could have definitely been a different outcome. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't regret anything because I feel like I've learned so much through this process. And, um, you know, I feel like I've grown a lot and, um, it's tough because I think that, yeah, I could have not gone to Germany and, and race there. You know, I, what I really should have done, uh, looking back is gone home and tried to get strong as possible and for a couple of weeks before going to Korea. And, um, but it's tough because it's like, you know, I, I listened to all of the people that were put in charge to help me and they thought it was fine. I didn't realize the risks of um, competing if I were to crash with uh, such a weak leg. So I, you know, never thought that something this catastrophic could have happened. But um, yeah, I definitely think, we, you know, I've learned that I need to make sure to not just trust people that are put in places to help you and, and kind of like listen to multiple people, like take every, absorb all the information. And at the end of the day, like kind of take control of, you know, what you need. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you never stop learning and growing. And yeah, I've definitely learned a lot from this. And I think with, you know, how tough of a time it's been, I've just realized the importance of family and friends and those relationships that um, have helped me get through this. And there's more to life than just the ski racing bubble that we kind of put ourselves in. So, um, yeah, no, I'm in a good place now. And um, obviously, yeah, those are that was the most devastating time in my life. But um, there's always something positive to take away from it. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't change anything. And that's exactly what I, I wanted to hear. I mean, obviously, I will never, ever be in that position um, to be an elite athlete and, and, and have those kinds of decisions to make. And thankfully, that's why we have people like you to do that. So we appreciate it. Um, but one thing, you know, a couple comments just on that is, you know, obviously, as you said, you're not, I'm sure those people that were put in power and, and were coming down with the decisions, they obviously weren't in any situation to think that this would happen. And, and again, I mean, you, yeah. you know much better than I do you can get injured on any crash. You can yeah. get injured anytime you go down the hill. So it's one of those things where the, the people telling you that, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course, you know what to yeah. do after the fact. But while it's all happening and, and everything's kind of moving fast and you're getting ready for a huge event. Um, yeah, you, I would you, never blame anyone. I mean, it, was just, oh, it is what it is. It just Exactly. Happened. Like, it's unfortunate. As you said, it's a yeah. freak accident. It happened. And, you know, obviously it could have happened months earlier it could have happened years earlier so you know it is what it is and 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 we move on and and thankfully your sport you know as you already alluded to and 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 you told us about is not one of the sports that depends on the olympics what i found is there are a few olympic sports that specifically depend on the olympics and if you don't make it you don't medal and you you don't get anything um thankfully your sport is big very uh, around the world unfortunately it's not big here which kind of stinks but you know around the world it's it's 
you still have the opportunity to race and do things. And it's not like you're kicked to the curb if you, if you miss one of those Olympics. So thankfully, um, thankfully that happened and, and it's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, as you said, you've learned a lot from it. I mean, it is what it is and, and we move on, right? Yeah. That's all you can do. And we move on. Fantastic. So Jacqueline, a couple more questions for me and then We'll get, you get back to your, uh, your, your regular day. Um, so you said Lindsey Vaughn was a huge help to you. Um, explain a little bit more. Obviously, uh, a couple minutes ago, I was talking about the Lindsey Vaughn Foundation. Kind of, I guess, just explain how big of a help and what she's been able to help you with um, throughout, I guess, your career, however long it's been. Yeah, Lindsey um, has been a great role model and friend of mine. And, um, you know, she's, the most dominant female ski racer in history and to have her on our team is a huge asset in training and on the slopes racing um she's always there helping out her teammates and um yeah a couple years ago we were training in New Zealand and somehow we all got talking about not all the world cup athletes being fully funded and she was kind of blown away by that and surprised and um it was pretty incredible she took it upon herself to uh, fund my season for two years and um kind of help help provide me with yeah the funds that I needed to continue training and represent my country and pursue what I loved and um, I'm so grateful for that and she's just been a great mentor of mine and um you know the Lindsay Vaughn Foundation does great things for for young girls um you know all over the country and uh, she tries to give back as much as she can. She fundraises a lot for the foundation. People, um, yeah, love donating and, and helping a great cause. And it, it goes directly to the young girls that need help um, pursuing whatever it is they want to do. And, um, yeah, she has scholarships available and camps that she puts on to get to know the young girls. And, um, yeah, she's impacting young women through sport a lot and um, I, I'm inspired by that as well how much she gives back so um, I've been lucky to you know be a part of her foundation and and I hope to continue even when I'm done skiing. 100% and and I mean that's incredible that she did that for you I mean just just being able to yeah. help you and make sure that you got what you needed and clearly it was worth it you've qualified for two Olympics at this point so she clearly um uh, she picked the right athlete, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, very much so. And we appreciate what she's done. And I mean, I guess, what does it, what does it mean to you to know that, you know, obviously, you know, she, she helped you a lot, but you being the first ambassador to her foundation that helped her a lot too. What's it like knowing that she put that much trust into, into you? Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way there was a little bit of a pressure. I wanted to, you know, make sure she felt like she did the right thing. And, uh, being on the podium this last, um, January with her I felt was such a cool moment because it showed like you know thank you so much for putting so much um, support and belief in me and and to you know ski fast alongside her and um, it was a really cool moment we shared and uh, you know it, it just showed me that how much I want to give back to you know young athletes as well and um, you know the past couple of years I've put on my own ski camp at Mount Hood for young athletes and I've been able to with one of my sponsors, Director's Mortgage, provide a scholarship to a young athlete. So, um, yeah, I've learned a lot through working with Lindsay and um, just the importance of giving back and inspiring uh, young kids as well. So it's been a cool experience. 
That is incredible. Giving is always, um, people for whatever reason are very reluctant to do it. Um, but once you do it, you always feel significantly happier about it. So that's something I'm trying to, to work on as well. And, uh, so pay it forward. Super easy concept. Just someone holds the door for you. You hold the door for someone. It's that easy. I mean, obviously getting scholarships for children is, is on a whole nother level. So we appreciate that. That's incredible. Um, but one question about that, you podi, you were on the podium with her. Who was higher on the podium? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Lindsay was. It was <laughs> Lindsay, uh, another girl, and then I was third. Okay. I'd like to think I could have been even faster, though. I had a couple of little mistakes, but um, who knows? Like, it was, yeah. it was, I was just excited to, to be there. You know, it's, it it's, it's incredible. And it was more of just kind of a joke question that I, I wanted to ask <laughs> and just see, because it would have been pretty cool if you did beat her. Um, you know, the I whole know. student becoming the master thing, that's always a fun, <laughs> uh, fun little storyline. Um, but yeah. also one thing, you know, I know we're not looking for excuses, but you were injured, man. I mean, if you had a whole extra <laughs> leg, like that would have been incredible. I'm sure you would have. Yeah, no, there you go, right? Lindsay is an amazing athlete. I mean, I've been watching her. I don't even remember the first Olympics she was in. I mean, it's essentially my whole life. I feel like however long I've been watching the Olympics, it feels like she's been there, which has been, you know, she's so much fun to watch. She's obviously had some pretty, um, awful, um, injury history as well um so i'm sure that's something yeah. that she's been able to help you out with hopefully i'm assuming um yeah, you know so it's always can. just very important but again you know uh lindsey vaughn foundation is doing some pretty incredible things so we appreciate um you know what you're doing there as well so thank you thank you for that of course thank you no please you, you're the one putting all the work and the energy man i just like <laughs> to ask questions um so a couple couple more now um and i know we're, we're starting to butt up with time a little bit um one thing that I try and do is I like to ask all the athletes, Olympics, uh, Olympic athletes, Olympians, hopefuls, whomever, um, what the monetary aspects are of their sport or just an Olympian in general. Obviously, we're not trying to ask you how many dollars you made, but we just want to get an understanding um, that you know people like Lindsay deserve every single dollar she gets from her sponsors, from, from whatever she does. More power to her. I think she deserves more. But I also think all the other Olympic athletes deserve more too. And, and unfortunately, not, not to pick on Lindsay at all, but she is almost looked at as the rule rather than the exception to the rule. And again, she deserves everything she gets, but what's it like, I guess, for, I'm not going to say normal because that's kind of a negative connotation, but what's it like for all the other athletes, you included, um, kind of when it comes to the monetary aspects and, and trying to make sure you're making a living, doing enough to get the equipment, the nutrition, the recovery, everything that you need so that you can go out there and perform at the, the, the highest possible level. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. You know, with our sport, there's so much that goes into it year-round. Um, most of us can't really, you know, have a full-time job. Like, there's no way with the amount of training that we're in the gym with how much we travel for snow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough because I feel like when you're trying to really make it in the sport and before you do kind of make a, a living of it, like you're kind of scrapping and, um, you know, it's, it's tough because there's a fine line between, you know, the, the top percent that make a really good living. And then like right below that athletes that are like borderline really close, but definitely they kind of struggle a little bit more. Um, it's getting better just with how this is, you know, put more prize money in for going trickling down the line to the top 30 skiers. So um, I think that's helped a little bit, um, but it's motivation too to like keep, you know, working as hard as you can to like be a solid top 15 racer. And then I think at that point you can make a pretty good living. So yeah, it's interesting. It is a fine line. Um, when you get injured, it's kind of nerve wracking because you know, that is your income is being an athlete. So 
um, there's a lot of unknowns there as well. And, um, but it's, it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a fine line, but it's also like motivation to like keep grinding every day and, uh, wanting to be able to, to provide and have like a solid living and making money so that you can, you know, have better, even better resources to kind of keep climbing the ladder, I guess. Absolutely. And, and I mean, just, just to, you know, what, what you said, so thank you for giving us that information. I do appreciate it. And I mean, um, from what I've heard and seen, it is very unfortunate that all of our athletes aren't fully funded. And just going back to, you know, the reason why you and Lindsay have such a great relationship, she helped you, she helped fund you. I mean, you were already one of the best in the country, correct? That's something. And you're not even fully yeah. funded yet. Um, which yeah. is just, kind of mind-boggling to me. I mean, how many, you said there was eight girls, right, that were on the World Cup tour. How mm -hmm. we don't have enough money to at least give you the necessities. I mean, I can understand not giving you a million dollars, but at the same time, <laughs> the necessities and, and just being able to yeah. live and train and, and get better. I to mean, represent want, the country. Exactly. We want to give you everything that you possibly can. So that way we can see your name up in lights. We can get you as high as possible. Um, we can get you that medal at, at any of these events. So it is again, kind of mind boggling to me. And that's why I asked this question because everybody has a different perspective and everyone's kind yeah. of seen everything um, a little differently. And it sounds like, as you already said, you do have sponsors. So hopefully there, there's a little um, fallback, if I may, um, with understanding that yeah, you aren't exactly. able to race for what might amount to about a year, if not a little bit more, unfortunately. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, thankfully that you do have that and shout out to all your sponsors. We do appreciate them. <laughs> what they're doing and, and how they're helping you out too. So thank you uh, for giving us a little information there. And then yeah. my last question, Jacqueline, 2022, how do we get there? Yeah. What do we have to do? Well, how much, how much longer do you have for the recovery? And then really what do you need to do moving forward from there? Yeah. Um, luckily I have quite a bit of time to like kind of get back to where I was and try to keep building from that. But you know, I think I've really matured a lot and know kind of who I am and who I am as a racer as well. And, um, what I need to do to keep getting better. Um, so I'm really confident that I am going to be able to keep um, on that steady progression of improving. And, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainties day to day. Like I'm human. I think about, you know, every morning my knee hurts and I'm only 26. Like that's kind of terrifying at my age. And um, but you know, I can't dwell on that. I just got to keep putting in the work and do everything I've done to, you know, become a successful athlete. So, um, you know, I'm just going to keep on plugging away and, and, um, doing what I can to kind of keep making those steps. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of just plugging away and, and trying to get better. And yeah, 2022 will be exciting. Love it. Take it day by day. I mean, that's really all we can do with this life, right? So, uh, you know, do, yeah. do what you can and, uh, and rock and roll yeah. from there. So um, exactly. one more time, Jacqueline Wiles, U.S. Olympian, United States skiing. She does the, the Super G, super, um, uh, super de descriptive. Sorry. Yeah, very, very unique name. Um, and the, the, combi the combine as well as the downhill, the, the, yeah. the crazy fast one. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. We sincerely appreciate your time. We sincerely appreciate you representing our country. And uh, really all we can say is thank you. Of course. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for shedding some light on uh, Olympic athletes. So much appreciated. No problem at all. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Our Athletes, this one with Jacqueline Weil. Super cool girl, as I said. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. She was very laid back, very relaxed, and had a good story 
to boot. So thank you guys so much. If you don't mind, please rate, review, comment, share, do anything to get this out there uh, because I truly believe our Olympic athletes deserve more. And if there's anything we can do, I think listening to their story is just the very least of it. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you follow Jacqueline on all her socials. I'll have those in the show notes. Please follow our athletes on Instagram at ourathletes.us as well as if you have any questions for me, email me, michael at ourathletes.us. Check out the website ourathletes.us. Pretty easy, nothing too difficult, but thank you guys so much. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time.